Today on Ovias and Gilio, Lauren Brownlow is hanging out while Joe Gilio is on the golf course. Couldn't ask for a better situation because the Carolina Panthers have given Brownlow a lot to be upset about. But who should we be upset at? We'll get into that conversation. All of our conversations about the Panthers are brought to you by Graffiti, where they have an incredible bourbon selection. You might need to be sipping on that the rest of the season to watch this team. So check out their break-even nights on Tuesday. And on Sundays, they've got all the games, including the Panthers, and incredible bourbon specials. Again, that's graffiti in downtown Cary. We'll also get into NC State's MJ Morris conundrum, an update on Duke's Riley Leonard, and more. OG. 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 Golly. Gosh, OG. Here we go. Let's podcast alongside Lauren Brownlow. I'm Joe Ovius inside the Eford Studios, downtown Raleigh. Thanks to Empire Properties and thanks to Copiers Plus. Check them out online at copiers-plus.com. Print management, document management, things that you think you can get a handle on, right, Lauren? Like offensive (laughs) play calling. You know, you're the head coach and I'm going to do the offensive play calling too. Maybe you shouldn't. Maybe it's too much work. Maybe it is too much work for you. Maybe you should get an expert to handle it for you. In that vein, you contact Copiers Plus to do that for your print and document management so you can focus on the things that you need to focus on. I trust them to call a couple of plays, to be honest. That might be a subtle <laughs> shot at the Carolina Panthers. Not that subtle. It might not be that subtle, <laughs> but we'll get to that a little bit later on. Gilio is golfing today. It's the SAS Media event today. SAS Championship is right around the corner. So he's out there golfing today, hobnobbing, doing his things. Oh, yeah. In two weeks, Gilio's Super Bowl is a free golf event. My Super Bowl is the NC State Fair lunch when we get to preview the new foods. Oh, that's exciting. Very excited about that. And frankly, it's like the little things that keep you going because it hasn't exactly been a great weekend for football here in North Carolina. So let's go ahead and run through some of that with premature evaluations. All right, Lauren, let's start with the big game from Saturday night. And that is Duke, Notre Dame, almost, almost. And making matters worse is how that game, it's how the game ended from the fourth and 16, where Sam Howell is able to break, get 17 yards. And on the very next play, they're off. Tim Hartman. (laughs) 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 Off scoring a touchdown. Although I joked. Maybe they scored too soon because there was like 30 seconds left and Duke still, I still think had two timeouts left. But of course, things ended badly because Riley Leonard's ankle got rolled on. Based on some early reports, at least through Pete Thamel and from Steve Wiseman over at the News and Observer, here's here's Thamel's report late yesterday. Uh, Some more context on Leonard per ESPN sources. The injury is a high ankle sprain. And while the timeline of return is in certain multiple weeks is likely the timeline. I know Steve Wiseman, who we'll talk to a little bit more tomorrow when we talk about our AP Top 25, we'll have some more context with Riley Leonard. So at least is that the worst case scenario? But Duke losing to Notre Dame in and of itself, to me, Lauren, is a missed opportunity to truly break through for Mike Elko. But it should not have ta- it should not take away from what Duke can do in the league. It doesn't count towards the league standings. Right. But without Riley Leonard for a couple of weeks and a key stretch of games in October it does kind of put that in perspective. It does. And then there's also the whole fact of like, look, I mean, I I honestly don't remember a more painful Duke loss, except maybe the Miami one with the Uh, octolateral. octolateral. That was a tough one. Yeah, But this is tougher, I think, because this is a, 
This is a Notre Dame team that had won, I think it was 29 straight. Now it's 30 straight mm-hmm. over ACC teams in the regular season. Duke's one of, the, one of the only, you know, they've got a win over them, which is a lot of teams the ACC can't say. Right. They were going to become the only team besides Clemson to have beaten them twice. It's a huge marquee win for your program. Like it's a huge, it's saying like we can play with the, like we can play with these guys. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying they didn't send that message with like, what they were able to do in the game they were but yeah. like not only do you lose in extremely painful fashion when it looked like you were about to win but then you lose your quarterback at the end. like i just wonder too how demoralizing it must feel for them and how they're going to get back up mentally as well well what's interesting is that i didn't know if notre dame was going to be able to get back up mentally after what happened against ohio they always state find a way they spent the entire week sitting here talking about you know you know the they, they they sat there and they talked about oh yeah. well, we are are we we have a system in place to make sure we have eleven guys on the field and how is that going to affect their college football playoff uh, well people were counting this else? game and I didn't see it happen again so you know maybe what do you the, mean the people were counting that how many men they had on the field constantly. oh I know I know, so I know I don't think they got caught again yeah. so no, maybe, there, there maybe was, it worked whatever the system is or whatever tweaks they made hopefully. yeah there was there was a goal line situation uh, that Duke ended up scoring on but yes Duke. Notre Dame did have 11 men on the field. Right. So I I think based on what we've seen out of Duke so far this season, I do think it's in them to bounce back. That's just not the nature of this Elko squad because we've seen it in the game. All right. Because how many times, because even in the Clemson game. For sure. No, you're right. Even in this game, even in the Notre Dame game, Duke of even a couple years ago gets blown out after the first, you know, half happens. Things fall apart. So in in the Clemson game, there were several instances they'd like to have things back. Okay. That's the thing. They didn't play great against either of them. And in the Notre Dame game, more of the same. Riley Leonard throws an early interception. How do they bounce back from that? Well, Riley Leonard still found ways to break things off. They can't capitalize on scoring chances. They can't do that either. And the defense kept coming up with big plays. That's and the, the offense thing. kept getting what it needed all the way there until the end. Yes. Now, about that fourth and 16, we'll close the conversation on oh, this. Just, <laughs> I mean. But here's the thing. I get it. The first three plays of that drive, they brought the heat on Sam Harmon, right. and it worked. And he was feeling the pressure and everything else. I don't necessarily disagree with the idea of what they were doing on a fourth and 16, because it's not like Sam Hartman in a shotgun, not not the old mesh where you have to right. take things into account. Remember, this is not Wake Forest, Sam Hartman, right. who was in a, a shootout with them last year. No, now he's being used more pedestrianly. He is. You're I mean, not, sorry, it's true. It's true, though. You're, <laughs> but that's all they need out of him. In yeah, 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 yeah. So you know he's not set up to run. I think playing prevent was think, not the yeah. issue. That's what I think was throwing people is like, we've seen Sam Hartman run plenty. So you're sitting there like, of course he can get like. Of course he can. But yeah, in just, that situation, he's not, this is again, not Wake Forest. Right. I think, and Mike Elko talked about it after the game. It wasn't necessarily not bringing pressure, only bringing three and going into a prevent defense. It was more about the fact that they were chasing the wide receivers so much that they forgot. Oh, by the way, we right. probably should play that's, up. We should probably be underneath just in case. And that's where the failed execution comes into play. Right. For sure. And you know, it's easy to forget about that. And you see it all the time. You even see it in the NFL mm-hmm. where everybody's covering somebody. And then all of a sudden the quarterback, even if it's a slow dude, yeah. just rumbles up the middle for a first down. <laughs> Not that I haven't seen that happen a million times to my own team. All right. It's a Friday night. NC state Louisville was another ugly contest oh, featuring NC state. Yeah. That was and unlike what happened against Virginia, where shit, be happy we won, it was shit. What is this offense this about? Is where, this is where I cringe for Dave. Okay, Doran, yeah. because I I have to say this. I like Dave. Mm-hmm. 
like as a dude. Sure. He seems funny. I like his dry sense of humor. And I feel like Dave is kind of misunderstood in a lot of ways, like by fans, especially. And sometimes by he's a little prickly and he can come across like he's very stubborn. I think he is. But I also think he knows how to make adjustments and adapt to win because we've seen it. But I don't. It has been a while since we've we've seen that, I think, you know just kind of changing the mindset of this program. We've Mm -hmm. seen him do that. Yeah, I think so. I think that's what I'm kind of saying. And like, we've seen them build up this defense into a unit that every single year they can depend on. Yeah. But the offense is what's going backwards. And I think it's always going to be harder. I I, I speak from experience, people. Mm -hmm. It's always going to be much harder to watch your team struggle on offense than defense. It just is. You didn't see people tuning out of Carolina games last year, even though their defense was garbage, did you? No. But you're going to tune out real fast if your team can't even, you know, move the ball more than five yards. I think the time. frustration for NC State fans is that you've seen this before. Exactly. That's that's and it's not not just in the Dave Doran era either, by the way. I'm talking about in the history of NC State. You, you got to go back to 2004, 2005 yeah. time frame, even 2006. No, that's true. Where I post, remember post Philip Rivers. Yeah. Chuck Amato had recruited well defensively. They but, put guys yeah. in the NFL, yet they still had lo- a losing record in that first year after Philip Rivers, the Jay Davis years. And then you found yourself with Bailey Hockman, Harrison Beck, Daniel Evans has to go out there and win you a game for heaven's sake. So there are there there is a history there with NC State having a great defense that is simply not supported by the offense. Yeah, and that's very frustrating and to watch too. But to hyper to hyper focus it on Dave Doran, we've had this conversation multiple times about Dave in that he wants to win a particular way. Yes. We've now started to make the Iowa Wolfpack jokes. All See, right. And that, or the that's NC where State I feel Hawkeyes. like we're being a little fair to Dave, because if you literally look at Iowa stats in the course of a game, you will wonder if someone is doing it on purpose. Well, I'm starting to wonder if NC State's doing it on it's purpose from bad. time to time. Are you sure? Yes. Things are pretty bad offensively. They're bad, you can't but trust they're not the Iowa offense. bad. I promise. Okay. And things aren't going to get any better for NC State going <laughs> forward, by the way. No. Uh, the schedule gets a little bit more difficult. And on top of that, it's not like Dave Dorn's record in October is all that great. Julio put this on yellow pad form spooky Uh-oh. season for Dave Dorn month by month. Uh, and if you look at the entire month of October since he's been here since 2013, he has a record of 15 and 20. Okay. Well, that's not that bad. 15 Jeez. and 20 is not bad, except that you got Marshall coming up next. Marshall has wins over ECU oh, and no. Virginia Tech. Then you have Clemson in there. Oh, by the way, I forgot about Duke. Duke doesn't have Riley Leonard, but we know Duke defensively is going to make things very difficult for an offense that cannot move the ball consistently or turn it over in the way that Brendan Armstrong has. So you got Duke, Clemson, and then November starts with Miami, which, by the way, quick aside, is anybody talking about the Hurricanes? Oh, they Well, they hate and love that, I think. Probably. It's, it's kind of weird. <laughs> it is It is kind of a weird situation with the Girl. Hurricanes. Florida State, understandably, has taken a lot of air out of the room. What's going on with that book, Clemson? Yep is clearly a, a conversation point. You got Drake, May, and North Carolina taking a lot of headlines. But quietly, it's like we forget Miami, at least the way they've been winning and where they've been dominating, is up front. Yeah. And Tyler Van Dyke has had time to do things that he was not able to do last year. So they've markedly improved in that regard. I'm sure Dave Doran would watch Miami's offensive line and go, man, where does he get those wonderful toys? Well. I'd like to have a QB protected at some point. Because that's probably Brennan Armstrong's biggest issue right yeah, now. He's is. their leading rusher. Yes. And and that's, by the way, that's why he keeps playing. I, I know MJ Morris can run too, mm-hmm. but 
it's also the fact that I'm sure Dave can read the room enough to understand what he's got on yes. offense and yes. why put a guy in that he could use a red shirt, red shirt year on with the personnel around them that mm-hmm. they have. And why not just let a veteran guy go in there that look, Brennan can still make plays. Is he going to turn it over? Yes. But is he going to hit some of, I mean, he hit some really good passes in that game. Like he's going to give you some of that too, but he doesn't have receivers that are getting open on their own. He doesn't have a great O-line right now. He's mm-hmm. having to do it all in the running game. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know other than the turnovers. Cause that was the one thing that was making me like, I'm, I'm a little surprised Dave hasn't pulled like the turnovers. He hates turnovers. Dave he hates Dorn. turnovers. But it, you know, if he's leaving Brennan in mm-hmm. with the turnovers, I promise you he's not doing this because he likes seeing a lot of turnovers and he likes bad quarterback play. That's not why he's doing it. We'll get into that a little bit later on in a, in a deeper conversation about why MJ Morris is not going to see the field anytime soon. Speaking of bad offenses, is Pittsburgh where offense goes to die, by the way? Maybe it's the Panther mascot. It's the, But it's not just the Panthers. It's also the Steelers, too. Well, and see, oh yeah, I <laughs> guess about, so. Think about it. Like my That's kingdom they were, offense in Pittsburgh. To be fair, yeah, with the Steelers, it's because they're the fan base that uh, was leased into Taylor Swift, based on the graph I was seeing. What graph is what are you talking oh, about? Uh, tell, the graphs are going crazy, like all of the stats, okay. with the social media and everything. Else. But yeah, people went in and, and dove in on that. The the most Swifties I think was Nashville. I could see that. Yeah. So, yeah, and sense. the Steelers were dead last. So you think there's a direct correlation? There? Just they could try it. Try right. try getting into some T Swift. Try go with Midnight's. You That's think, my advice. You think you think Pat Narduzzi should just start blasting Taylor Swift at practice to see if it just kind of gets something going? I can't think of anything he would probably hate more in his life besides yeah. scoring touchdowns. Yeah, no, and I, I think the Narduzzi thing, and maybe because I like Dave, that I don't think he's not trying to score. <laughs> But Narduzzi, there is something to be said with these defensive minded coaches, whether it's Kirk Ferentz, whether it's, you know, Dave Doran, whoever, mm-hmm. and Pat Narduzzi, that they love their defense the most. And they have some of them have this weird like disdain for offense in general. Like it's just an inconvenience <laughs> that has to happen while their defense is is while their beautiful defense is resting. You know okay. what I mean? It's it's it and when you look like you're coaching that way you're never going to last very long with the fans because that is the first thing when that goes bad, that's the first thing that they're going to point to to want you to go. Is Georgia bored? I mean, maybe, I don't know. They're going for a third national championship. They haven't looked like the world beaters that people kind of pointed, you know, presented them to be. Cause I mean, remember at the beginning they also of the season, probably it was like, jo- should it be number one at this point? Aha. That's what I was leading to. So Florida state has this, really epic game against Clemson uh, and they pull it out in, in OT. Some of some Clemson Clemsoning happened, right? Dabo and <laughs> clock like management. And oh my God. Various, but I don't want to call it Clemsoning. I don't want to call it. Clemson. I think Clemsoning is dead. Yeah. It's that, what that was, wasn't Clemsoning. No. Losing Clemsoning. to Duke, you could make a case. Uh, that was way closer to Clemsoning. I would say, I would say that Clemson's talent advantage is not so great anymore that they can just put dudes out there and win. Agree. But I'm just saying. But they're still in position to win games. Clemsoning is just getting your ass handed to you. No, Clemsoning is failing when you're the ranked favorite inexplicably against a team that you have way more talent than. Well, that's the issue. I don't know if Clemson has that much more talent anymore, especially when you saw what happened against Florida State. But they played their, they played one of their best games against Florida State, but Florida State still won and they dropped. Georgia has not looked o- other overwhelmingly fantastic the way they've been positioned to, except that at the end with key moments, and then they're awarded for that. 
Like yeah. what happened with Bowers at the end. That's what I don't get because you could absolutely point to Florida State. You can point to the fact that they play with their food for a half almost always, which yeah. is going to bite them if they don't stop that. You could point to the fact that they struggle with Boston College. And frankly, I think that'd be the fairest critique, even mm-hmm. if it's on the road still. Boston College is awful. So, yeah, that might be a little red flaggy for people. And for a half at Clemson, they looked lost. You know, so I, I think it's fair to point to those things if you're going to. But at the same time, like Georgia was like in a tight one with South Carolina. We all saw that South Carolina team week one, right? Like yeah. not very good. They're not good. You know, and then it happens again this week and you're like, OK, well, at a certain point, I get why they're number one. I get that we assume they were going to be this behemoth and maybe they eventually will be. I mean, they mm-hmm. probably will. Let's be honest. Somebody has to be good this year, even though no one seems to be like dominant or I, I, I all that great. That's why Nick Saban should get way more credit than he deserves yeah, because he's been able to sustain that for a very, very long time. Kirby Smart's dealing with it right now at Georgia. That's going to wrap it up for our premature evaluations. Every time we talk about college football, it's brought to you by wings over check out wings over Raleigh wings over Chapel Hill wings over Greenville. Um, I did not get to the wings this weekend. I'm going to correct that this upcoming weekend, big fan of the hot lemon pepper. Okay. Yeah. yeah. They also have like a try the try to barbecue one, like a sweet barbecue. That's one. what I could do. That I can't do that if it has hot in it. I can't. Yeah, the lemon pepper would be it. way too much for you. Yeah. You could probably do mild, I guess. Usually, maybe some people lie about that though. <laughs> a mild is really more like a medium for some people. <laughs> anyway, check over wings over Raleigh, wings over Chapel Hill, wings over Greenville. It's the easiest way to either hang out at home and watch football or win over a tailgate. Just bring stuff. It's it's all really, really good stuff over at Wings Over. A couple things to keep note. We got podcast galore, whether it's ours, 919 Vice, or Young Gun featuring Lauren Brownlow and Dimitri Ravanos. Oh, it'll be lit today. Yeah, I was going to say, how's that going to go for you this week? <laughs> like, seriously, how's that going to go for you this week? I'm going to try not to be grumpy. Was he too short this week? Yes. Literally, that happened. <laughs> literally too short? That literally happened this week. He was too short this week. Yes. He, he literally was too short this <sighs> week. Uh, speaking of podcasts, our friends over at WUNC, North Carolina's Public Radio, uh, they have a new podcast called The Broadsides, hosted by award-winning podcast producer Anissa Khalifa. The Broadside explores news, history, and pop culture stories rooted in the American South. Each week, Ooh. the show goes beyond the headlines and explores a single topic impacting the region. And along the way, they'll zoom out and explain how this reverberates across the country. Uh, from the rapid spread of dollar stores to their impact on sustainable food access and how the word y'all has quietly conquered the English-speaking world. See what That's we're right. giving people? That's right. You're y'all. welcome, y'all. <laughs> Broadside is your source for Carolina news and culture stories that might not be on the front page, but definitely deserve a deeper look. So go ahead, follow, listen to new episodes of The Broadside every Thursday, wherever you get your podcast. Also, big thanks to Homefield. They sponsor Ovias and Gilio. Check them out online at homefieldapparel.com. Use the promo code OG23. They released a new NC State ringer tee with like a classic, like a weird toughy design where he's like hitchhiking. I don't know if he's hitchhiking at a car Finley stadium, trying to look for some new offense. I don't know what he's uh, doing there, but it's a cool shirt. Yeah. It's an excellent shirt. They drop new stuff all the time over at home field. Yes. And you can get yours today. Just use that promo code OG 23 for 15% off your order. A big thanks to Matt Davis and sure voginsurance.com. You can give them a call directly at 919-779-8277. We keep saving people money. 
we're, we're hearing some success stories. Yeah. So I've been a State Farm customer for a really long time. Matt Davis can make sure that your insurance needs are met and saving money at the same time. Well, I, th- I think we've put it. I think we've put it off long enough, Lauren. Let, let's talk about the disaster that is the Carolina Panthers. Don't don't look at me like that. That was that was that was a. Are you? Are we really doing this? Are we really having this conversation right now? Yes, we have to. The Panthers are zero and four, and there's a lot wrong with them right now. Yes, a lot, and maybe wrong with me because. <laughs> <laughs> I keep watching it. Somehow okay. thinking things might turn out differently. Where do you where do you want to start? Uh you want you want to start with Bryce Young first? Since he's always the focal point, he's the number one. I mean, I'll be pick. honest, it's probably overall the shortest conversation because <laughs> oh no. Pun intended. Oh no, no. <laughs> okay. I mean listen. He did look. And my confidence level in him, I ended the game with my confidence level in him being higher than it was on Monday night. Yeah. However, the Monday night game, it was, you know, at a negative level. Um, He had a few moments I liked. Mm -hmm. But overall, I mean, this game, I mean, they got a few first downs in a row. It sent a tingle through my spine. So there are times, (laughs) and and I hate this. I hate this because I really tried to view it a different way. I really tried to give it a, a go. Like there are short quarterbacks in the NFL. There are, there, there have been, and they've been successful. Drew Brees, Russell Wilson. There's a handful of them out there. That's <laughs> not helping. I know it's not helping. But none of them look the way that Bryce Young looks when the pocket is collapsing or when they do the field level He looks level like shot. a little kid. He looks like a kid. Yes. I- including his facial expressions sometimes. Yeah. Which yeah. also scares me. He sometimes makes faces that I would probably make <laughs> when. Ah, <laughs> which then, but that gets to the larger conversation. Yeah. Because I, I think that's where it needs to go with the Carolina Panthers. Talking specifically about Bryce Young right now. And like breaking down how he's playing, breaking down tape is kind of. It well to me if you're if you're gonna come at it from a Bryce Young perspective specifically mm-hmm. and trying to make this argument he's a bust or he's not a bust or yada 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 you're trying to have these strong takes on the play of Bryce Young like he can't take that sack okay cool I get that I get that good quarterback you got you got you got to be better but here's my question to the you know to this this response seeing Bryce Young take a sack or seeing Bryce Young in a crucial fumble let me ask you this. Where's he supposed to throw it? Exactly. Does he truly have time to make some of these decisions too, as the offensive line continues to crumble around him and Iki Aquano continues to regress this season after strong play in the back half of the year? Okay. I don't don't understand. Iki, why? I love you. And then there's other issues as in, does the coaching staff, does Frank Reich specifically, do Bryce Young a disservice by being as confused as they seem to be in trying to get plays in and having the play clock run down Such all Ron the way Such Ron Rivera the injury, energy there. Calling like, time out. That was like Ron and Cam. That would happen routinely with Cam Newton, or, right? Y- yes, it would happen all the time. Yeah. And what kind or of... burning a timeout that you need, yeah. What kind of vanilla offense are you running? What What's so complicated? I don't understand. I'm sorry. Well, ah, hold on a second. Hold on a second. What's so complicated? Why do they draft Bryce Young? I don't know anymore. 
They loved his processing. Remember the video game that he was Which is so, all about? It's so weird to me in hindsight because, like, to be fair to them, did I did they think the offensive line would be this terrible? I don't think so. And I to be fair to them, I didn't either, if we're being honest. Yeah. Did I think it would be great? Of course not. Like, I'm not an idiot. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, by the end of last year, they were playing at a far higher level. We were seeing young guys really show their promise and kind of become more consistent. And all of a sudden this year, it's just a mess. Well, Steve Wilkes knew what they wanted to be. Well, that's true. They okay. don't have an identity. And so well, that they gets, do have an identity and it's terrible offense. And that's what gets back to Frank Reich. Frank Reich was sold with his incredible brain trust of a coaching staff of overthinking things or simply not trusting Bryce Young. So what are you trying to do here? What is your identity? If Bryce Young is this guy that you actually gave up a lot to move up and take him number one because you were sold on his ability to process why are you running such vanilla offense? Why are you essentially micromanaging what Bryce Young can and cannot do as they set things up for a check down to end up having him throw a bunch of screens? Josh uh, Klein, Josh Klein on Twitter, yeah. big, uh, big Panthers guy. Mm-hmm. Really good. He pulled up the next gen stats and he pulled a succession meme out of it. Because if you look <laughs> on YouTube, you see the next gen stats, this diagonal line of green dots and all of the screen passes that they ended up resulting in and it shows the eldest boy really really sad from succession that things are not going his way so i really thought it encapsulated seeing that image and going what the hell are the panthers doing right now and that would be my biggest question what are you and should frank reich be the one calling the plays no i can answer the second question first no like i'm sorry it's not working it's not working like anything would be better than this. It has to be. Here's Frank Reich after the game. Frank, you're in the middle down down the field today. A lot of screens, a lot of things are on the line of scrimmage. What prompted that? What did you see out there? Because it didn't seem like there was a lot going on deep down the field. Yeah, I mean, it was, uh, you know, because of their alignment, because of the threat of a blitz, um, you know, you had to build in some short stuff and be ready. Um, it's kind of similar to what the Chargers did last week. You know, they had... 400 yards passing, and most of it was just short, think, and dunk. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm not going to go into all the strategy and reasons why that is. No, um, you got to have a mix. We had some shots called. Um, we had a few shots called. Some we had to check out of for various reasons. <laughs> I um, know one. You know, we got the one penalty on one deep shot that we took. Um, so we just got to execute better overall. That's Frank Reich after the game. What? It's like you're speechless over there. I mean... <laughs> I love that he threw in the whole, I'm not going to get into all the strategy. He does that a lot. It's, uh, it, it, it is interesting. It's, that- he's, it seems like he's phony in a different way than Matt Rule was phony. Whereas Matt Rule was like all corporate speak phony. It's like Frank Reich is like football speak phony. Yes. It's like, we're not stupid, you know? Yeah, there is a, it is interesting you bring that up because I actually had that thought in watching the press conference yesterday in that Matt Rule routinely got roasted for, well, I got to check the tape. And he would just stumble over himself and shout out to Candace Cooper. Or he would be like, you know, I've really got these. We're, we're really turning the corner. Well, I'm, I'm sure of Frank it. Like, it looks better too. than it than it seems. But the one thing that, but the difference between Frank Reich and Matt Rule, yeah. and shout out to Candace Cooper, you knew that Matt Rule was spinning a tail when he started to speed up his speech. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he started kind of going like Elmer Fudd, you know, like, right. And, and that would be the end of it. Yeah. Frank stumbles into self-owns in blunt so terms. So, it's pretty, so many it's times. It's pretty interesting to hear him talk. So he was asked about the inability 
to get the play in on time, the inability for the offense to look prepared at the snap. I mean, procedural penalties aside, because that right now, to yeah. me, it's right now the Panthers' biggest issue we've is seen coaching. Ten, P.S., we've seen 10 years of this. We have. Like, literally. We and have. that's why it's so frustrating for people like me and others like me who are sick. So that, that to me, that to me is the part that you want to talk about Bryce Young? Knock yourself out. Yeah. It's not like he's overwhelming you with incredible play. No, am I sure about him? Absolutely not. However, ask yourself this. Are the Carolina Panthers setting Bryce Young up to succeed? And if your answer is anything other than no, then, then you're I'd, not paying attention. I'd like to know what <laughs> game you're watching at this point. Right. Must they, be, it must be more entertaining than the one I'm watching. Yeah. Well, put a pin in that because I want to get to where the Panthers are nationally in a second. So they they appeared completely un, unprepared in situations. Yep. And Frank Reich also apparently doesn't know what players are on the field for plays he specifically wants to run for them. I don't think there were a lot of those. There were a couple. Um, you know, I'm not going to, you know, I, there's a, one or two of those, one or two of those. Um, you know, we just got to operate a little bit faster. There's one that I called a play for Thielen. And then I realized he was out. And I didn't know he was out. I didn't know he was out fast enough. It was a play that could only go to Thielen. So I had to change the call. We ended up, that was the one we had to call a timeout on. So that was, that was what happened. On that. A play that could only go to one wide receiver. I mean, to be fair, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, so, who else are you throwing to yeah, right now? A, other than a, Thielen. A, a He's the point. only one I trust right now to catch that's it. He's the only one I trust to like make tough catches. I know he ain't getting open on his own. Yeah. Yeah. There's so much going on in that clip. From the the inability to admit, no, you screwed up on more than one occasion. And he kept saying, well, a couple times. And well, there was a couple times like he's processing in real time. Oh, wait. Yeah, maybe there was something to not getting these things in on time. And then the admission that the guy who has been prickly about questions regarding play calling is admitting that he doesn't know what's going on and then making matters even worse. Let's take the feeling situation out of it. And I understand clock management is a difficult thing when there's so much chaos going on in the field. But how the hell do Hire you end, clock manager? How the hell do you end the half the way they ended oh my that god. half? Oh my god! Like they literally <laughs> they don't stop the clock until eight seconds were left. I think they got it back with like thirty-eight. I'm sitting there like those are because it's hard to see the timeouts. I think sometimes you on the broadcast, I'm like look at I'm like there's the lines two. They, and then with eight seconds left, I'm like, so great you have these with eight seconds left now. And then they basically like sit on it at that. I'm just like, what are you doing? Why? Do you know how bad things have to be for the Carolina Panthers when Brady Quinn's on your broadcast Dude. and you're and you're nodding your head along with Brady Quinn, both in that end of half sequence where he's like, y'all, why are you not calling a timeout? You know what? You've got timeouts. I will say this. Yeah. I am relieved that they finally have had an announcer. That is tough on them. That's fine. Because like so many announcers, they want their relationships with the That's coaches, true. all that stuff. I was glad that he was like, what is this? Brady Quinn also called out the Panthers for being highly predictable as well. And yeah. this is now four weeks in a row, whether the broadcast or opposing players have said, we no, know what's said, going he on. He said like opposing coaches have said that. And that's yeah. what Brady Quinn was referencing. Yep. You go back to the Atlanta game. Who was it? Jesse Bates, who had yeah. the, yeah, uh, the two that. interceptions straight up said, yeah, on that second one, I knew exactly what they were doing, which gets back to those screens. It's become incredibly predictable. Now for the people Panthers. are jumping them too. So the question is, why? Why is it so predictable? Is it because the team around Bryce Young sucks? Okay, that's entirely possible based on what we've seen after four games. Or is it you are having buyer's remorse with Bryce Young? And it makes me question. Let, let, you, want, you want to engage in some, some, some conspiracy, Lauren? 
You ready? Well, they've certainly opened themselves up to that. Okay. We did not talk about it last week because the press conference was on Thursday. We were at Enlet last week. What did you make of Bryce Young's response to being asked about his ankle sprain? He confirmed that it was a, a lie, basically. I mean, he was basically like, I don't know when I heard it. Uh, the staff told me not to play. I trust the staff. Like he, was, he wasn't going to sell the coaching staff. Out. when he heard it. Right. Did you, you, you happen to see Riley Leonard suffer a high ankle sprain? I know that was probably a little worse. And frankly, I'm relieved for him that it was only a sprain with the way his ankle bit. Yes. However, most people that get high ankle sprains, when they get them, they hurt a lot. Mm -hmm. It's not like suddenly, usually, at least the way I understand them, it's not a lot like later they get, I mean, maybe you play on it with there the adrenaline no or whatever, but you would at least feel the pain in the moment that it happens. Yeah, again, you saw Riley Leonard, he had to get carried off the field. Yeah. Bryce Young, like three days later, walking around at practice, getting on a plane, standing on the sidelines. Y'all are lying. Why did you lie about this? It is so stupid. You don't need to lie about, make up another injury. Give him an illness. What, is this your first rodeo? Speaking of Bryce Young, here he is <sighs> after the game, clearly frustrated towards the end of that game. Bryce Young lost his school, and I thought it was interesting that he got to the podium still in pads. We normally um, hear all even just so even keel, who calm and collected. You seem to be a little bit frustrated for the first time visibly today. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, um, you know, just 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 frustrated myself. Um, you know, definitely stuff that I, I want back, but um, you know, at the same time, I have to do a better job of being that same guy um, on the sideline. Um, you know, uh, sometimes emotion comes out, and then you know you got to go to the next play. And you know, again, for for better for worse, do a better job of keeping that 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 stone face, regardless. But just just you know, matter myself for for stuff. There's always plays you want back, but you know, it doesn't carry over. Um, you have to have short term uh, memory. Um, you know, you, you have to be able to turn the page and move on. And, you know, there's some emotional moment. And then, um, you know, for me, just just moving on after that. Um, but still, obviously, as a leader, um, you know, I want to make sure that I'm being consistent, being the same guy, being more steady. So there's a lot for me to improve on. Um, that's definitely one of them. That was Bryce Young after the game. Dejected. Don't blame him. And I'll just get back to the key part of this conversation for me. And that's simply this coaching staff is not doing Bryce Young any favors in the way that they're handling the play calling, making it incredibly vanilla. Uh, it could get to the point where you're actually hurting his development, which is not what this coaching staff was sold on, which gets back to exactly. conspiracy number two. I'm starting to wonder, and based on comments, based on their how they're, how the action behind Bryce Young is, sure, sure, yeah. I'm starting to wonder if Frank Reich wanted Bryce Young in the first place. I'm starting to wonder if when they moved up, and they had conversations about C.J. Stroud and Anthony Richardson, who you are seeing coached up and put into situations that are beneficial to them. I'm not sitting here and telling you that Anthony Richardson is going to be the next Hall of Famer. Certainly, the Houston Texans are a surprise in how they're going about their season and how C.J. Stroud has looked. He looks capable. Meanwhile, the Panthers are stuck in the mud. Why? Is it because the coaching staff didn't want Bryce Young and they're working with what they got, that they got essentially overruled by David Tepper. And remember, Nicole Tepper, who was always there and it was always sold as David and Nicole Tepper love his mental ability. They love his processing. They love his demeanor. Maybe they should actually stick to someone who has a football background at, to understand right. those things and stay out of it. So I'm wondering if there you is... You look like a clown in public, David Tepper. Sorry. I'm wondering if there is a 
conflict of the football people versus what the owner wants, which is not unique to the NFL. Do you see this kind of stuff all the time? And I'm wondering if there's a buyer's remorse on Bryce Young, but it's too late now. You can't get those picks back. No. And now the Chicago Bears, the way that they're going right now, it's entirely possible they end up with the first two picks in the draft well, because I mean, they'll get the Panthers they pick. They won't do anything with it. But yeah, that's probably fine. not. They'll take Drake May and Caleb Williams. <laughs> Maybe that's what they'll do next <laughs> Something year. Like that. Or like a tight end and a quarterback. So it to me, there's a whole list of issues for, for the Carolina Panthers. And the first thing they should have done is they should have admitted that this is much more of a rebuild than people want to admit. That's, We're going to develop Bryce yes. Young like we've seen with Tua Tungavailoa, we've seen with Patrick Mahomes, and then once the team gets better around him, then we can elevate Bryce Young to where we want him to be, and Andy Dalton's just going to kind of get us through the season. But it's too late for that now. It's too late for that now, especially in how they handled him coming back this weekend. They had an opportunity to just have him sit through the bye week, sit until week eight. It's too late now how you brought him back. Yep. And now you're in danger of ruining his development if you're not careful. I also think the way they've handled him doesn't do any favors with how he's perceived. Either. Yeah. I, I'll be honest with you. And I had to check myself a little, to be fair. But when all when everybody started tweeting it at the same time that Bryce Young, he's been in his full uniform and pads X amount of time. He walks mm. to the press conference with it on. I, honestly, because of the lies the week before, in part, I was like, this feels performative. Mm -hmm. And I hate feeling like that. I have no reason to doubt like that Bryce is a genuine dude in real life. Like I have no reason to feel that way. But the Panthers organizationally have given me a reason to feel that way because they would lie about something stupid as a high ankle sprain. Yeah. So, and and like basically brazenly do it, not admit it, continue to act as if it was a real injury, as if we're, that's the thing too, that continue to act like everyone is stupid that they're talking to. And that's where I think Panthers fans get frustrated because they're like, we you know, we watch the games, yeah, we right? Watch the games, like, and so with Ian Rappaport out there saying like, oh, they're going to trade for a receiver. Trade with what? What do you have? With what exactly? Yeah, what do you, have? you don't have anything. At this point. What would anyone want on your yeah, team? Doesn't make any oh, sense. picks? Sorry, we're fresh out of those. Yeah. But what receiver are you going to be trading for that's going to make a difference in your, what are they watching? And that's, I think, like the bigger issue, right? It's not so much that they're incompetent. It's like, what are you actually mm -hmm. watching that you think these things are attainable? And if you don't think they're attainable, then you think we're all really dumb. You know the wildest part about this? What? No one gives a damn about the Carolina Panthers. I do. So me. let's, let's. Well, unless let, it's to laugh. I don't even, people aren't even laughing. The 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 parent the Panthers are essentially an afterthought in national NFL coverage. Let's let's put or this, unless they laugh at temper. That's the other thing. Let, they're not even doing that. No. Let's put it. Let's put these things in. Like, does it check off the box of fascination for NFL people? Right. Yeah. You had a team that gave up a lot to move up and take this quarterback who is not panning out, and there's no com no larger conversations about is Bryce Young a bust? None. It's usually focused on other things like the disaster that is Chicago. Yeah. You know, oh, it's a higher profile media market. The, just ask DJ Moore. Market, said it. market, market does matter in these cases too. But the recipe is there for people to just absolutely deep dive into what's gone wrong with the Panthers in the first four weeks nationally. I'm not talking about our friends like Mike K at the Charlotte Observer. I'm not talking about Joe Person at the Athletic. They're doing their job on the beat to one of our conversations off the air. You know, it is funny how the people on the beat do all this work and then yet still things go to national guys like Pete Thamel and, and Riley Leonard, right? Yep. 
but I don't even think that the Panthers are interesting enough that somebody's going to get a national nugget. Like nobody's going to go Adam Schefter on what's going on behind the scenes with the Carolina Panthers because nobody gives a shit about the Carolina Panthers at right. all. It's wild to Do me. Do you know when they did? When they had Cam. Yeah. Do you know when they didn't? When they didn't have Cam. Correct. Yeah. I mean, I, that's how it's been every year since I've been a Panther. And there have been times they've been much more watchable and actually entertaining than they are now. And I've been like, hello, can yeah. we get a little love here? Yeah. But then we get on national TV and we embarrass ourselves mm-hmm. on Monday night. And now no one is talking about them anymore because there's no reason to. You know, I'll, I'm one of the weirdos that still watches the occasional NFL pregame show on Sundays. I'll watch <laughs> Sunday night football in America or whatever the hell the thing's called on NBC. I don't mind that as much as the pregame. Tonight, <laughs> tonight I'll probably, you know, I'll have ESPN on in the background and I'll see what they're talking about. Yeah. They're going to be talking about the Jets and Zach Wilson. They're going to be talking about Taylor Swift, all the behind the scenes drama that Palace intrigue at Hallis Hall for the Chicago Bears. They'll get into some other topics. They'll eat but when it comes to a recipe for, hey, is this quarterback a bust? What's really going on behind the scenes? Not a soul is talking about it, which David Tepper, sometimes I wonder if he does things specifically so he can take headlines back so he can be discussed. Because remember, moving up to the number one pick in the draft, one of the key quotes that went out there when they did it was, we now control the draft. And they even tried to <laughs> sprinkle in some conversations about, hey, just because we moved up doesn't mean we'll actually use that pick. You know, we might move back too. Oh my God. You don't remember all that stuff from the spring? A literal 15 year old playing Madden is running this franchise. Yes. So that's fun. Yeah. A lot that's of, fun for everyone. A lot of fun there. They don't have exciting players. No, they don't. Like they don't personality wise too, right? Like why, why did everyone continue to tune in to Colorado even though they got blown out and even though it was a blow? Exactly. Sure. They have not. And that's why Cam was more than Cam. It wasn't just on the field. Mm-hmm. It was his off the field persona. He was larger than life. How many players have the Panthers had like that in their franchise history? I can think of a couple no. like Steve Smith was yeah. certainly one. Yeah, but Cam took it to another level. Yeah, 100%. Took it to another level. So why would anyone pay attention to you when you're not interesting? No. That's the, that's that's worse than being 0-4, by the way. 100%. You're not even interesting. You're not even fun bad. At 0-4. Speaking of keeping things simple, not overcomplicating things, buying a house should not be complicated. And that is where hometown realty comes into play. Buying or selling a house should not be complicated. So much so that myhtr.com has it really, really easy to understand. Are you buying? Click that. Are you selling? Click that one. And they have a mortgage calculator as well. And don't take some of this guaranteed money nonsense. The way the market is right now, homes are going for over lists. So why? Why would you settle for anything less? Hometown realty can put you in the best position to succeed. Also, big thanks to Whitaker and Hammer. Hey, you might have to close on that house. Maybe you're refinancing and you got to close. Whitaker and Hammer can handle that. Check them out. WH.lawyer. All the legal and all the legal uh, services that you can think of. They've got it. Attorney and counselors at law. Again, check them out at WH.lawyer. Again, that's WH.lawyer. People want to move on from Brennan Armstrong over at NC State, Lauren. They're ready to move on. I mean, to be fair, that's kind of their MO with quarterbacks lately. It has been. I mean, I'm not trying, I'm not trying to like, I get why State fans are frustrated. Mm -hmm. And I get why the insanity of like doing the same thing over and over again, it feels like you have to try something different. Mm -hmm. I understand those things, but it did, I'll be honest, it shocked me last year 
because I think a lot of people, a lot of fans, a lot of other people really believed in Devin Leary. We were told all off season, like how good he was going to be, you know, and then all of a sudden he got hurt. I know, but that was it. He like got hurt. A lot of quarterbacks, when they get hurt, yeah, they come back and can compete, you know, or can be the starter again. Yeah. Like it, it was just all of a sudden like, bye. And you're seeing what's happening at Kentucky and Devin Leary has been fine, but like this past weekend, Kentucky won because their yeah. offensive line is great and they had a running back go for 500 yards. So it's not, it's not all back to the quarterback, but things have gotten to a point at NC state that, and I, and I referenced it earlier. I, I mentioned 2005, 2005 being a time in which NC state uh, was going through the quarterback wilderness. Some real bad Carolina state games in that era. Oh yeah. <laughs> Just oh, real yeah. bad for the, for the young, for the young <laughs> folks in the audience. There is a blessing and a curse for doing this as long as Lauren and I have done it. We've yeah. seen some really, really bad triangle football. Didn't spots. Carolina win like nine six one year in Charlotte? I was at that game. I got it. Oh, I think I want to say that was like ninety seven. Ninety seven. Yeah, I was at that game. No, not okay. ninety seven. No, you're right. It was nineties though. It was like nineties yeah. when that. Sorry, happened. I get them all mixed up. Hey, after a while, they do kind of run together after yeah. a while. But NC yeah. State has been this, been through this before, sure. and they seem to be going through this for a variety of reasons. Injuries probably being the biggest one development not coming at the time that the program would like. But NC State is coming off a three-year period where things were set up for them. Absolutely. But things just didn't, something went wrong. And whether it was scraping by the pandemic year with Bailey Hockman doing what he had to do, Devin Leary getting hurt and having to go through multiple quarterbacks, including MJ Morris, who was positioned as no, the That future. was the next big thing, apparently. So Yes, he was the next big thing. And this season speaking of messaging, was always set up to be a transitionary year. Mm -hmm. You bring in Robert and I, you pair him with Brennan Armstrong, you try to recreate that stuff that happened at Virginia. Of course, as you're coming to find out, that Virginia squad with Bronco Mendenhall had dudes on it, which is something that NC State does not have. And Julio did a deep dive on that in the last Law of the Wolf as recruiting has changed since about 2018 and how they've not necessarily developed guys either. But the problem that NC State has right now is... It's going to get really chippy if the season continues yeah. the way it's going. 100%. And I bring up 2005 because that's also the time when things started to get chippy with Herb Sendek, where Herb Sendek was a perfectly fine coach, but tenure and lack of success ended up putting it in a situation where people were just ready to move on. And it boiled over. And if the season progresses on this trajectory, it's going to boil over again with a fan base that is sitting here screaming, put MJ Morris in. Now, to that end. It's not going to be a, the cure-all that they think either. Though. It's not the <laughs> cure-all they think it's going to be. I mean, and they I, probably know that to some degree. But. Maybe, maybe. That's the thing. I don't know. I think what people see is they see an offense that can't do squat. With they Brennan see Armstrong. Brennan making some inaccurate throws, which yes. he is want to do for yes. sure. And they're thinking, all right, well, we know what we've got with him. And even Dave Dorn said after the game on Friday night, we know what the issues are. We have to fix i.e. the offense. But here's here. Here would be the question that I would I would put back into this conversation. Yeah. What? are you accomplishing by throwing MJ Morris into situations that he does not look like he's set up to succeed? There's nothing about NC state's offense right now that would lead you to believe that they are a competent quarterback away from turning things around offensively. 
You're the, right. The line is a mess. Yeah, yeah. Wide receivers running, outside running of, game. What's that? There is Brennan Armstrong is the running game. Yeah. So are you in a rush to get MJ Morris out there to salvage whatever it is you think the season is? A rush to put him out there actually going to hurt his development? Because Dave Dorn has straight up said he is redshirting. Now you get four games now that you can play and still be able to redshirt, which right. gets to the other thing. What at this point in time with so many games left, are you willing to burn that red shirt at the, ex, you know, at the expense of potentially getting him hurt again? Because that's the other thing. Brennan Armstrong's out there running. Do you want to put MJ Morris in that situation? That's the thing. Like, I think Dave has, Dave knows what he has in Brennan. And yeah. I think that's the reason why he hasn't pulled him. Yeah. One of many, but one of them is, and this is, this is growth for Dave. Because mm-hmm. Brennan will turn it over. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've we've seen it. <laughs> yeah, you know, and sometimes know. he will make some WTF passes that will frustrate you. And Dave hates turnovers more than anything in the world. Um, and he's kept playing Brennan because he's a veteran dude. Things aren't going to be easy for them on the offensive side of the ball, but they have to have somebody in there that can try to make some plays. Brennan mm-hmm. can do that too. We've seen it. He's, I mean, he's, he threw some pretty good passes on, on Friday night, to be honest, is the other stuff still in him? Like, yeah. And it's kind of like the roller coaster you have to ride when it comes to Brennan Armstrong, but like, he's also getting the crap beat out of him. Like he's also your entire running game. Nothing else is working around him and he can handle that. He, you know, he's been at Virginia in worse circumstances than he's in now to be honest. So like Brennan can take this mm-hmm. and maybe that's some of where Dave's coming from too, is like MJ's not, but I think state fans also are looking a little bit back at like, remember things felt pretty hopeless offensively for state last year too. And they then did. MJ comes in and it did give them like a spark, you know? And so maybe that's what I think state fans are looking at like, Oh, well that could work again. It worked last, you know, worked last time. Oh but- no, I totally get I, I I understand where that sentiment comes from. You're looking it for any logical sense. Yeah, you're right? looking for anything right now. And yeah. to your point, you're absolutely right that in the history of Dave Dorn being the head coach at NC State, the one thing he loathes out of the quarterback, what ultimately yes. kept Devin Leary off yes. the field when yes. everybody was screaming. And other for quarterbacks Devin Leary. too, PS. It has. Yeah, yeah right. But you, you mentioned Devin Leary. Here was this guy yeah. that people were screaming for. And the reason why Dave did not put him in that position was because he had a propensity to turn the ball over. Again, it was about the development. Dave's all about development, which gets back to the larger conversation. But are we in a development age anymore in college football? We're technically not because of the transfer portal. Right. But again, hear me out on this. The reason why Dave's acting the way he's acting and he's upfront about the fact that he's going to redshirt MJ Morris, as our neighbor Rick pointed out to me, What's a red shirt in the NIL transfer era, which is a valid point. But Dave is working from a position that a lot of coaches are not. And this is probably the thing that frustrates NC State fans the most. Dave's got job security. Mm. Dave's not going anywhere. He is operating as a coach that understands there is no fire under his ass to turn this season around or else. Okay. Now, now. That doesn't mean he likes the like no. state fans being mad at him though. He does absolutely not. He salty. Dave's going to be salty. Dave. Yes. When and he's going to get saltier. And he is, as the season progresses and yep. people start doing things like posting Bryce young <laughs> is missing on campus. Eventually this, or MJ, MJ is missing. Yeah. Or, we saw or, I'm that. sorry. What did I say? Bryce young is missing. I mean, yeah, that's true too. Whatever. 
Yeah, this <laughs> this was on campus apparently yesterday. Yeah. And it's a missing persons pamphlet that was around campus. I'm pretty sure this is right by Tucker and um the two freshmen, uh, the two freshman halls, which I can't remember off the top of my head. It's by Witherspoon Student Center, which I was at this this past weekend. And it says missing MJ Morris, sophomore. If you have any information about MJ, please contact Dave Dorn. You know, it's like identifying characteristics, throws nukes, bulletproof. I don't know about the bulletproof but, part, but that's that's my only issue with state fans at all in, in all of this is that I feel like because of some like especially because of the quarterback success yeah. they've had like in recent years mm-hmm. it's like they get a quarterback in they let themselves get super excited about him and then he has like a couple bad games and they're ready to throw him in the garbage like literally now, you've made this point before is that quarterbacks at NC State are a lot like point guards at UNC yeah, if it's not up it to is. the standard they think it should be well then here we are you can, yeah, you got to let them, you got to have some patience with a quarterback because you're not going to get in a sure thing at quarterback. Yeah. Like it, it, if you're NC state in, in the transfer portal or elsewhere, like at this point, I, I, don't think. I wanted to get back though, to, to wrap up the point. I did want to get back to Dave Dorn in tenure. If Dave, tenure. Well, he has tenure. No, I guess. Yeah. He, he, he essentially has no, you're tenure. right. The last couple seasons, all the ups and downs aside, what did Dave Dorn do that a lot of NC state coaches end up getting fired for? Uh, or if they don't do. He beat Carolina the last couple of years. That's, I mean, okay. listen, I feel like that's kept him employed. We're probably, before. we're probably having a separate conversation about Dave Dorn if the last two seasons don't end with UNC wins in some pretty wild games, yep. which is why I love those games in general. So if you take those wins out to go full Jeff Bizdelic on this whole thing, our radio people told us that they, you take away those those runs and we outscored them by 19. So. If you take away those two UNC wins, we're having a separate conversation about Dave Dorn. I think that's fair. No, it okay. is. So because that is there, he has those in the bag. It has bought Dave Dorn time. Yes. Dave Dorn, his entire tenure at NC State has been about building towards breakthrough seasons. All right. This year was going to be a reset after three years of pandemic football and a roster that was old. Okay. Now, mm-hmm. they, he didn't cash it in. And if you want to bang on Dave Dorn for not cashing in those years, you are more than free to do so. I yeah. got zero issues with that because the results are the results. You built, you didn't pull it through. Got it. But it's pretty clear that this season was always going to be a reset with MJ Morris development leading into next year with a freshman class of wide receivers that will be seasoned. Like if they can keep Casey Concepcion, that'd be nice, right? Yeah, for sure. I forgot about him for most of the game. Friday, except uh, for once. He he ended up, I think he had some injury issues in that game too. Yeah, I think so too. So there's that. You can also go through the portal to add who you need in the uh, skill position set. And that's where you're building towards. You're, You're able to do that when you know you've got job security. And Dave Dorn has that, which gets to a larger conversation. You and I talked about a lot of bad football that we've seen over time. And Jillio and I referenced it last week. We're in uncharted territory with a coach like Dave Dorn because coaches around here don't last that long. No, for we, sure. For instance, th- there are a lot of folks understandably seeing Max, Mike, the only one who did it at Carolina, Cutcliffe at Duke. Well, Max has done it over the course of two eras, essentially. Yeah. I mean, remember, he left for Texas. Uh, uh, do remember, I remember? I remember, remember. Lauren. 
the thing that still gets you upset. No, no, I just remember that how I was upset. So I understand. I get it now. I'm, you know, I'm an adult now. So there's been there's been conversations about you see what Carolina's doing with recruiting, and they got Drake May, and people are hyped about that. You see what Mike Elko's done in yeah. year two, where they bring game day, and they took Notre Dame to the brink. And well, Chilio brought this up yeah. in terms of Bermuda Triangle for coaches, and he put into yellow pad stats what I'd basically have been kind of arguing the last couple of weeks in terms of when we talk about Dave, we talk about Dave in a way that we've never talked about a triangle coach ever because most of these coaches aren't here for very long. Either they leave for somewhere else or they get fired and look at how many coaches Lauren actually haven't left. You mentioned Mac, Mac left, but every other coach what's gone on. They've been been fired. fired. Yep. And like, didn't go on to do something better elsewhere. Usually. So Dave's just in a weird spot with NC State. And I understand Except for the their fr- coordinators. Which, yeah, that's true. You know, Matt that's Canada true. falls up regularly. Dave's in a really weird spot with NC State. And I totally yeah. understand the frustration, but it's fairly clear that Dave's not going anywhere. Boo Corrigan is not making any sort of moves. No. They're setting themselves up for next year. And the worst thing that they could do this season is try to cobble together something at the expense of MJ Morris's development. Or putting him out there and something worse happens. He gets hurt because an offensive line can't keep him upright like we're seeing with Brennan Armstrong. Dave's never been the type to do things just because fans want it. No. In fact, sometimes I think if anything, he won't do something because he knows the fans. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, that's entirely that's entirely. So possible. I'll be at least somewhat surprised if that gets burned. Also, shout out again to Wings Over. Check him out. Wings Over Raleigh. Wings Over Chapel Hill. Wings Over Greenville. I feel like all that. I feel like sometimes you just have to eat your feelings based on what you saw. And Wings Over is a good way to eat your feelings. You know? Just just throwing that out there for everybody. Yeah, I had several white chocolate Reese's cups after that Panthers game. Look at you. Nice. Big thanks to Breeze Through. There was um, a horse escape at the NC State Fairground Horse Complex. And some Uh-oh. horses ran through the Breeze Through there by PNC Arena Carter Finley Stadium. They got it on a security camera. Oh, awesome. <laughs> they broke contain. Oh boy. Maybe NC State should throw a jersey on some of those horses to see if they can break some running game. You know? That'd yeah. be good. Don't put them at receiver though. Yeah, probably not the not best great idea. Hands. Probably not the best idea. So big thanks to Breeze Through for sponsoring Ovi's and Julio. Again, check them out in their locations across the triangle, across North Carolina. But if you're looking at tailgate at PNC Carter Finley, convenient location right there. You're off to Keenan this week. If Syracuse is in town, you're gonna go say hi to Lauren's friend Otto the Orange. Hey, there's a breeze through <laughs> just outside Chapel Hill. You can crack crack a cold one with Otto. Yeah. Oh. No? Not something you want to do? Just he disturbs me. You know that. Probably not. Also, big thanks to Butcher's Market. Uh, I actually hit the Butcher's Market this past weekend to get some goodies. The steak tips, always phenomenal. I had some leftover steak tips. You know what I did with them? I made nachos with them. Oh, okay. So I, I took some of this leftover steak yeah, tips, chopped them up, up, put them over some some chips, cheese, guac, cheese, oh, yeah. all that stuff, put it under the broiler for a little bit. Delicious. Oh, yeah. Big, big fan of that. Big, big fan of that. Big fan of the Butcher's Market locations across the Triangle and in Wilmington. And uh, they also have, uh, they carry our friend's Groove Wagon. I I know they do that uh, over in the Wilmington location. I'm pretty sure the Wilmington location. So go check them out. And of course, they got sandwiches as well. Uh, Whether it's the steak and cheese, the Italian, you name it, they've got it. Next topic, please. You ready for uh, it's Taylor Swift's fault the Kansas City Chiefs were bad last night? But one? Oh, yeah. I mean, 
-hmm. it's the regular like blame a woman mm -hmm. section of our it's country. Like, yeah. It's like, do you think do you think that the Chiefs <laughs> were distracted by the fact that Taylor Swift was in the box that night at MetLife Stadium? Probably get over it. <laughs> Be adults. Y'all, y'all act like anything that happens in your real life is a distraction that should be like dismissed. People have real lives. They're real human beings. Like they don't exist as football robots for your pleasure. You know what I found even more amusing? What's that? Than Taylor Swift and all the coverage and the people who are mad online about, oh my God, how many times are they going to show Taylor Swift? Every national broadcast always harps on some sort of human interest story. It just so happens that yeah. this one is Taylor Swift dating Travis Kelsey. And frankly, this type of story going on during mm -hmm. a football game, right? Like a, a story that's not involving the actual football game gives us a dose of what I think makes college football a more fun product on a, like generally speaking, because we do the memes and the crowd shots and like all of that stuff. And it's funny. And mm -hmm. in the NFL, there's just less of that. Like we don't, care as much there's not as much of that culture in the nfl because people like, just want their football exactly so Give me my it's, football. it's funny and cool i think to have like i mean some of my friends that would never watch football are now like watching every second and like do you know what i mean like it's just a fun thing that gets extra attention on the game of football it's not life and death it's okay if they were distracted by taylor <laughs> swift being in the box wouldn't you be now stop crying and get over it you know here's here's my question men are so emotional they really are. I mean, I, there's men out there like cr criticizing the faces that Brittany Mahomes was making. Like, look how miserable she looks with Taylor. She's probably just making a face at something she read on her phone. Like, leave this woman alone. Either that or she's wondering why her husband continues to make bad throws. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I'm be, sorry. Yeah. A number of things. Exactly. Well, no, you're right. You, you're always going to pit women versus women. Uh, people love to do that. Exactly. And Even though they were like hanging out and get along great, apparently. And so. people also do love to do the thing where, oh, okay, there's... Uh, you know, this hot woman in the state. Oh, well, clearly that's disrupting everything. It's the Yoko Ono, right? And you know who does that? Men. Yes. Men do that while they criticize the women for being into stupid stuff like Taylor Swift and who she's dating. Yeah. Then they're the ones that are going to be like, oh, look at that scowl Brittany Mahomes just gave. You can tell she's jealous of Taylor. What do you think you sound like? What? Who do you think you sound like right now? I think the buried lead isn't, it's not about Taylor Swift. I think the buried lead is, I'll ask it. Like I'll ask you this. Okay. Does Aaron Rodgers show up in New York last night? If no. Taylor Swift, no, isn't there? No, I mean maybe because no. he is kind of an attention. You know, he he is. He knew. Oh, all eyes are going to be in New York because Taylor Swift is there. I need in on that action. I, you know, the story. He had to be medically cleared to get on a plane to head to New York from L.A. And he was out there on crutches for like the first <sighs> couple of minutes, and then he was on the box looking disinterested. I'm pretty sure he was looking at his phone at one point. Again, I, he, was he was there because he wanted the camera on him. If if like Taylor Swift weren't going to be there, he'd probably be have been photographed like outside some cenote ready to go in or something. <laughs> like that's, I mean, that's the attention he would have ordered, but he would have ordered some of it. Yeah, that, that's entirely possible. That is that is entirely possible. I don't know. I just the, the whole thing with Taylor Swift is is comical to it's, me. It's great. I mean, I and think it's so fun. It shows you the it's power. It's good for the NFL. Which 100%. is funny. It's it's it shows you the power of Taylor Swift that the all the already popular NFL, the number one sport in America that actually brings casuals to the table, including by the way, uh, I think their last estimate was forty seven percent of their fans are women. Taylor Swift. I know. Weird when you when you actually cater when to you women acknowledge, or acknowledge that women exist. Weird. It actually benefits you so huh. strange that I do think it's interesting 
that Taylor Swift is able to take an already incredibly popular sport and something that actually affects the culture in this country and then elevate it even more. Listen, man, she's it's unreal. I, I I only slightly joke when I say she could probably win the presidency. The it's only a slight joke. To your point about emotional <laughs> men. Oh, sure. I love were, this. There were some folks like Danny Cannell included <laughs> that were like, huh. I've never seen the Taylor Swift movie concert movie promotion until now. It's uh, all a work. I was literally getting, I don't even, you know, I'm not even into Taylor Swift like that. I know. I was getting alerts. I know. Like constantly buy tickets to this. Like uh, y'all are ridiculous. <laughs> do y'all really think like, yes, the NFL is huge. We all understand that. But do y'all really think that like everyone in America literally knows like the most important players y'all know? Could you play? No, no they no. don't. No, they don't. Get over it. Thanks to Mosquito Authority for sponsoring Ovias and Gilio. Check them out, bugsbite.com. Uh, with Mosquito Authority, they've got the guys with the backpacks. They go around your yard and they make sure the mosquitoes are kept at bay. With Pest Authority, they come into your house and around your house to make sure those critters don't come inside. Uh, you got issues with camel crickets. They can handle that. Roaches, they can handle that. Moisture issues the underneath your house. Again, they've got those barriers. Well, check them out at bugsbite.com. Let's get out of here with some Hey Joe questions brought to you by Oakwood Pizza Box. Check them out online at oakwoodpizzabox.com. All right, Lauren, uh, let's see. Let's go to Patty on Twitter. Would game day's choice for North Carolina barbecue have only been worse I'm if upset. it was city barbecue? There's nothing wrong with city barbecue. <laughs> Follow up. Should game day just be 30 minutes of Lee Corso wearing mascot heads and nothing else? No, it would have been worse if it was like red, hot, and blue. Yeah, so they went to some like, they went to a barbecue place called like Moe's and their signature I've never thing, heard of that. And their have signature you? thing is like Alabama white sauce, which doesn't really the, make the, a lot of sense. The founders are SEC guys. Well, then why'd they go there? You know why. Seriously, why'd they go there? I don't know. Because they clearly don't have as many North Carolina people on their staff anymore as they used to. Yeah, there's that. Like, I honestly thought with our guys, like, like with Ryan McGee around, I'm like, surely this well, won't busy. get screwed up. I know, it's they're different. They're SEC stuff. Right. But well, it's, well, Ryan did a great feature on Wallace Wade and like going to games as a kid and all that. I knew they would treat game day well and they did, but like everyone else there, it's just like, like they played Carolina in my mind twice in the broadcast, which I thought was funny. Yes. But I also don't think it was intentional. Like it'd be funnier if it was intentionally trolling both UNC and, and Duke fans, but it wasn't intentional because they're not, they're no one around in that broadcast. It was very clear. Yeah. No one around on that production knew anything about North Carolina. <laughs> As Steve, a state in general. What's funny is that Steve Kirshner called out that Carolina on my mind. Oh, yeah, he did. And I, I was that. like, good for, no, good for Steve. Yeah. So if you don't know well, they Steve, should know better. Steve Kirshner's, uh, I forget his like very long title. Like chief communications and, uh, athletic, athletic, athletic he's a, yeah. director of XYZ. Steve's great. He's been around Carolina forever. Yeah, really good at his job. Yeah, dude's a walking encyclopedia of all things North Carolina. Okay. Yes. And he called that out. I thought yeah. it was his, because even I was like, and like Why Steve doesn't, this? Steve doesn't do that very much on Twitter. No. Like he really doesn't. No, he doesn't. He's very, he doesn't. he's very like, you know. So I thought it was interesting too, that the little thing, the little touches that really would highlight the area were missing from game day, right down to the fact that Pat McAfee <laughs> has no clue. Like, it'd be like them playing Cascada on UNC's broadcast. Yeah, that'd be funny. Be that'd be same. funny. So, like, there was one point in the broadcast where Pat McAfee went after Washington State because of what had happened with the coach and everything else. It was only a matter of time before game day went in this direction. And yes. you have old Crimson fly in the background. Now, even the most casual of college football observers who watch game day know that the Washington State flag yeah. is always there. At game day, yeah. They've done features on it on game day. Yep. 
at one point during the pandemic, I'm pretty sure that game day took one of the flags out of their ESPN offices in Bristol and took it to where it needed to be to keep the tradition alive. McAfee acted like he had no idea why there was a Washington state flag in the background. None. None. I get that. Like, I'm not trying to say that he's okay. He has a stick and people are into it yeah. and that's cool. He's a wrestler. I get it. It's a work. But that's his shtick. And mm-hmm. I, what I don't understand is why ESPN, I know they paid him a lot of money. I get all of that. Mm-hmm. But ESPN has never made its entire image as a network around one person. Why would they be doing well, that now? No, I, would uh, I would disagree with you on that. I mean, Stephen you, A. Smith, Mike Greenberg, they, they will make things about certain personalities that they pay a lot of money to. Chris Berman for the longest time. That okay, but the are they going to be tweeting about uh, his hangover? <laughs> that's that's the stuff no, no, I'm no, talking Lauren, about. No, 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 it was it was food poisoning. It was food poisoning. Whatever. But like that's what it's so stupid. And like we all knew what they were doing. It's like y'all know that like we can tell that this is like manufactured and forced. It's not authentic. Yeah. It's not like Shefty's just hanging out with Pat McAfee and tweets that as a joke. Which one of us might do to our media colleagues sure. of like playing her and you know hey, we're working hey, off a hangover? I've been at Final Four Radio Rows where I've had to puke and rally between interviews. But that was so clearly a social media manager's like idea to do mm-hmm. this, and it was so forced and fake. They're and trying it's to like get young people. It's not going to work by being phony. Yeah, they're just but trying to get young people. They know that y'all can, like, we can all see through this. Theoretically. Theoretically. Yeah. From Lake, how long is this Panthers rebuild going to take? I what did Matt Rule say? Seven years? Oh, stop it. We're not doing, no, we're not doing that. We're not, we're not going seven. He's not going to last that long. Frank yeah. Wright ain't going to last seven years. No. Uh, from Luke, in honor <laughs> of State, uh, State Fair Foods getting announced this week, most overrated, underrated fair food. Okay, I really make a point to get those what is it peach something donuts oh those yeah big donuts like this big I know like, you're talking oh about those donuts are candy so apples good. every year oh, the, those, oh. Are the, those are the most overrated for me overrated overrated i've never even had one yeah i don't really i don't they, they, really they just thing. don't they just don't appeal to me but that was my underrated one was the donut from anchor bill what is the average age for giving up on bathroom humor Oh, I don't think somebody. I wouldn't know. I think somebody. <laughs> I don't think somebody liked your fart tweets from Friday night. Oh wow, <laughs> reads a little condescending and sexist, buddy. But that's funny. Uh, you do yeah. you. The average age for giving up on bathroom humor is none of your business. Well, a it's none of your business. It's B block, it's unfollow. It's it's called it's unfollow and shut up. Poop and fart <laughs> jokes are universal. They'll never stop being. Listen, fun. I did feel a little. I, I was getting a little carried away with it. I'll be honest. Yeah, just a smidge. But that's okay. It's just not any of that guy's business. <laughs> Go police your own children. I'm not your kid. If NC State, this is from uh, Hornets fan. If NC State beats Marshall for the uh, beats Marshall for the rest of the year in football, how toasty um, oh. uh, only beats Marshall the rest of the year. How toasty is that seat? Well, for don't next don't year? take that for granted. Yeah, no, don't take that for granted. And again, I don't think Dave Doran's seat is hot at. That's all. the thing too. Like we even mentioned uh, Pat Narduzzi as yeah. well at Pitt. They both have exorbitant buyouts that neither school can yep. not ha- or has an alumni that's going to step up and be like, I got it. I don't even think it's about a buyout situation. I think they just understand you. Dave's building towards something else. We're going to give him the time. And that's that. Dave's not going anywhere. Uh, from Thomas, Scott Thomas, uh, what is your best tea public t-shirt, Lauren? Ooh, this is up there for me. Yeah, My Midsommar mid- yeah. shirt. I also have a great picture, for, a great shirt from of Pearl. The movie. I don't know. My favorite one is actually probably my corn cob TV shirt. 
I get a lot of wear out of that. It's versatile in the color scheme. Mm-hmm. Those shirts are a great PS. Like I, they're a regular part of my daily wardrobe. So. <laughs> love it. Love it. All right. From Ken, uh, will we have a Love Island All-Stars coverage? <gasps> Chris Hughes posting up from the 10th hole at the Ryder Cup got me excited for the return. Oh my God. Dude, I want to. Who signs up? Y'all want to pay me to do it? I'll do it. I'll do it for you. If somebody wants to, to pay me, I have some, I have at least one girlfriend that I know. She and I gather every, even the British one, we gather to watch the wow. episodes for the British one. All right. I mean, Love Island games. I'm here for it. I'm psyched. Love Island games. That's in November, but I guess they have another, maybe they have another UK. Is there really another UK season coming? Oh my God. I, I don't know. I don't watch the show. Literally just ended. Uh, like a month from ago. Robin, how many more games will NC State win this year? Will Riley return in time for the state game? My, my guess is, yeah, October 28th is the NC State game, I think it is. No, it's in two weeks. It's no, it's weeks. it's sooner than Cle- that. Clemson is October 28th for NC State. Duke is after Marshall. I don't think he's going to be back for that game. I don't think he's going to be back for that game. Yeah. If I had to guess. I would guess that as well. That high ankle sprains are, I mean, that would probably be the first game he maybe would come back for though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see. From your Canadian girlfriend, is it really preseason hockey time? Yes. Like, given what's I gone mean, on with the Carolina Panthers, welcome to hockey season in terms of professional sports here in North Carolina. Also, quite literally, it is. It, it is too. Pre-season. It is too. Also, from, uh, from Gumi, my wife and I are currently vacationing in Europe. Did we miss anything exciting? Any exciting offensive football this weekend from the pack or the Panthers? Thanks. I have to shout you out for your very casual but great flex. As a, that is a great My flex. wife and I are vacationing in Europe. Have we missed any have we sports missed while we were away? Do we need to watch any of this stuff? <laughs> no, we don't. No, uh, you from, didn't miss anything. You're in Europe. From Juan, what are the better <laughs> what are better ways for state Jets fans and Panthers casuals oh. to spend their weekend rather than suffering through this football season? Well, I think you answered your own question. I mean, it is fall. Go apple picking or something. I yeah. don't know. Go to a movie. There you go. That's what I do. From Bennett. Hey, Joe, with the way Sam Howell's playing and Drake May oh, uh, is well, going to get drafted in the top five, UNC has to be working on a QBU graphic right now, right? No, they're not going to do that. They should. But Actually, better than that. Rather than a graphic, put a sign up on 40. <laughs> oh, that would be funny. They won't. They won't do those kinds of things. They though. should, though. They should. They you should, and though. I agree on that. They should lean more into the. Trolling. And finally, from Brad, is it disrespectful for Gilio to take the day off just to yell at himself while playing at Prestonwood? Hey, how Joe spends his time outside of the studio is how Joe wants to spend his time. And if he wants to frustrate Look, himself playing golf, there are people who choose so to play it. that irritating sport every day. Yep. And that's cool. Couldn't be me. No, not me either. Anyway, that's going to wrap it up for today's show. We will see you Tuesday. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, 
planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com.